Hey, good afternoon, my friends. Skip here. Another episode of Finding Meaning. Uh, this will be a uh, in the can episode or a immediately published episode, but it's an extra episode. Got a little time to uh, have a little chat with you, my friends, which is something I thoroughly enjoy doing. Uh, hopefully something uh, sort of inspired. Hard to tell sometimes, though. Uh, my two youngest sons are at uh, football practice. I know football in June. It's weird. Uh, my oldest son is downstairs sleeping. Uh, beautiful, beautiful, maybe perfect day here in South Central Iowa. Um, just absolutely gorgeous. Mid-70s, no humidity. Uh, perfect, almost perfect. We get a, just a couple dozen of these a year, maybe not even that. So it's it's good. So I hope wherever you're at or whenever you listen to this, things are good with you. I, I want to talk about thinking, about how we have to understand what thinking is, the process of reasoning. It's an important process, uh, and it is vital to understanding reality, to understanding ourselves, to understanding our own motivations. However, uh, the process of conceptual thinking uh, cannot, hear me, lead to absolute answers. The process of thinking is actually for asking questions. I know, sounds weird, doesn't it? Because we are trained, we are trained to, to believe that our thinking processes will lead to solidified and certain answers. The problem is, the challenge is, that our limited capacity to think, to reason and to understand, limits, limits, hear me, uh, let me put it this way, it has its limits, <laughs> let me say it, let me say it that way, um, thinking can only take us up to a point, it cannot deliver us the answer, however, we have spent generation after generation after generation after generation after generation, uh, trying to figure out things, trying to settle on things, trying to understand things, trying to make sense of things. And there's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, that's what we humans are good at. We are good at trying to figure stuff out. The problem is the really big questions about meaning, about authenticity, about life, cannot be discovered there because, and here's a big because, the way we have been trained to think is in the framework, and you, you're going to know what I'm going to say, don't, aren't you? Because you've been listening, is in the framework of the false reality. That is to say, we reason, we think, we determine, but we do so in a box. 
we do so in a very limited uh, way because that's the way we have designed uh, subconsciously probably but it is certainly the way we have designed and determined our reality we have designed determined and we live out of a reality that is based on false perceptions and 99% of the world really does not is not aware of that and so you know that's sort of an arbitrary percentage I, I have no statistical fact around that but it seems to me that most people just don't understand that their reasoning ability their ability to think through things cannot lead to the bigger answer cannot lead to the resolution of the collective dysfunction of humans now thinking can do lots of cool stuff um, I am sitting here looking at my father-in-law's, we're storing my father-in-law's hot rod car. It's a red, cherry red, 1989 uh, Firebird GTA. Beautiful car. Uh, big engine, really fast, really fun. He bought it in his retirement. Uh, when we moved him into assisted living, the car needed to come to our house, so I Today is his birthday, so I got it out, dusted it off. We're going to take him for a ride later on. That car is a marvel of human engineering, of human ingenuity, and of human thinking. The engineering that went into that car, the engineering that goes into my brand new Camry, is really genius stuff, right? They solved problems, they figured it out, people kept refining things. So you have this automobiles, or the cell phone I'm talking into, that's what reason and thinking can, can really do. It can really benefit. But because we can do that, we humans begin to believe that it's not that far a leap from creating a cell phone or an automobile to figuring out the meaning of life. And that is a false perception. That leap can't be made. We cannot reason, philosophize, theologize our way into authenticity. We can ask the questions, but at some point, the mechanism that can bring us to authenticity, the mechanism that can bring us to some form of answer for these big problems is really us surrendering our ego is us realizing we don't have and can't have all the answers and realizing that the reality we've created out of conceptual thinking really impedes us getting any answers. <clears throat> when we hit that place, when we break through that barrier, then and only then can we begin to talk about solving big problems, understanding what it means to be human, understanding what it means for us to, to live a full, authentic expression of who we are. Now, I'm not saying don't ask the questions. Those great existential questions are, are important. What I'm saying is that the questioning process and the reasoning process that comes from that has not, cannot, answer your question. 
Oh, we can develop a religion or we can develop a philosophy or we can develop a science or a medicine uh, that we believe might be an answer, but it won't be. It will be just another manifestation of a misinterpretation of reality. And it isn't until we finally understand, this is the important part, folks, that the conceptual apparatus that we are cannot answer it. And as a matter of fact, that conceptual apparatus that we are has really messed a lot of things up. It isn't until then, until that moment when we finally admit to ourselves that the struggle has been futile. We cannot answer the questions through religion. We cannot answer the questions through science or through philosophy. When that surrender finally comes, when your ego is finally, you know, <laughs> gone or at its la on its last leg, that's when the answer is there. And the answer will be love. The answer will be kindness. The answer will be generosity. The answer is not uh, about intellectualizing. It's about being something. And I can't say that enough, folks. Our, our answer is not about intellectualizing or theologizing or philosophizing or psychologizing our way into a better way of being. Uh, all of those things can pose really important questions, but they can't lead us to the answer. The answer that you seek in your life for authenticity can only, can only be found when you surrender your ego and you have this space in your being to let that transformative energy that is love work. But if we fill our brains up with, with conceptual thinking, uh, then there's no space for that energy to work. Let me tell you, and I mean this sincerely, you know, and I have said this before, I'll say it again. If you practice a religion and it makes you a better person, kudos to you. I, I got no problem. None of my business. It's none of my business. But I'm going to tell you that this is a Sunday and there were literally hundreds of millions of people. Well, millions of people. Let me say it that way just to make sure I'm correct. Who sat in different buildings this morning. And those buildings, those theologies, those dogmas, all are conceptual. It's a conceptual basis. It's a conceptual assertion. These rituals and liturgies that are in every religion come from a conceptual place. So, you know, when someone says faith is about what you believe, well, belief is, sub belief is subjective. Belief is a conceptual thing. Uh, now, I've said this before. What I'm proposing is what I believe, and it's just a conceptual thing. But I think, folks, I think the closer we get to non-judgment, the closer we get to love, the closer we get to forgiveness and, and generosity, the closer we get to living out of a sense of kindness and forgiveness for all people, then I think we begin to line ourselves up with Buddha and Jesus, Muhammad, Baha'u'llah, uh, Lao Tzu, uh, Mother Teresa, Dorothy Day, uh, Julian of Norwich, all of these people who 
to some degree figured out that what God is is beyond human conceptual thinking. But many people gathered today in a reassertion of conceptual thinking because that's what we have made religion to be. It's a reassertion and a boundary-making, a, a, a moralizing uh, apparatus for people to be told that they're right. And there we are again. When someone's told that they're right, there must necessarily be someone else who's wrong. In order for that argument to work, in order for that conceptual thinking um, to, to take place, there has to be an, an opposite concept. And then we're back into the dualistic nature of our conceptual apparatus. We're back into the dualistic nature of our reality. Now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> there, there are things in this world that are bad, and there are things in this reality that are good. You know, harming other people, bad. Doing kindness, good. Got it, right? We got to function in that. But to function beyond the need to conceptualize those ideas is what's important. In other words, what I'm trying to say, hopefully with some clarity, is that when, when we leave the ego behind and we're able to do good for good's sake, when we're able to love for love's sake, then that's who we truly are. I'm watching the news right now, and I'm watching people very upset over the recent Supreme Court ruling. I, I won't go into the politics of anything. I will simply say that everyone makes an assertion. There may be one side that's more right than the other, but in the, in the need to assert over the other, we, we have let conceptual thinking dictate how we exist together. Uh, in the body politic, in religious settings, uh, you name it, we have forgotten. And I, I think there probably was a time in human history before the Enlightenment when, think, when we realized that thinking was not everything. Thinking is not everything, folks. Uh, I cannot tell you how many, how many people I met in my life that had PhDs that had no awareness, and how many people who had dropped out of high school who were spiritually aware people. Thinking is not the apparatus to bring us there. Surrender is. Realization is. Self-awareness is. So, I'll end here. The beginning of wisdom, the beginning of seeing reality for what it is, is not your ability to determine things. Let me say it again. The beginning of what you seek in your life is, does not hinge on the ability for you to be able to determine something, to prove something. There are rules, right and wrong. You know, there are moral boundaries we live by. Don't harm. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about here is we keep trying 
to make the world better using the broken mechanism of the false reality and the false self. And individuals do the same thing. We keep trying to make our individual life better through our thinking apparatus. Not how it works. You can't think your way into a better life. You have to be your way into a better life. You have to be the love. You have to be the kindness. You have to be the generosity. You have to let your synapses, your your neural network be rewired for that way of being. So let me end with this statement. What you seek is an ontological answer, an answer of being, not a theological one, not a philosophical one, not a scientific one, not a psychological, philosophical, religious, well, none of that is going to get us there. What's going to get us there, what's going to allow us to uncover what we already are, is an ontological understanding, that is an understanding of who we are being. There you have it, my friends. 17 minutes, a little long today, but I hope it was worth your time. Uh, We will talk to you tomorrow, probably. Have a good day. Bye-bye.